0: Welcome to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr and I am your host. Thank you for listening to our episode today. On this podcast, we talk about preaching because we believe preaching matters and we certainly want our preaching to be better. We want it to glorify God and we want it to be biblical. And so that's what this podcast is about. We talk about all matters related to preaching because we believe preaching matters. So thank you for tuning in today. We're going to get right into the episode, but before we do, let me ask you to go to your favorite podcast directory and leave us a good review. We would appreciate that. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Now, let's talk about preaching because preaching matters. Welcome back to the Preaching Matters Podcast. This is Alan Carr, and you are listening to episode number 23. And today, we're going to talk about the sermon proposition. We're we're talking about the keyword method, how to prepare sermons in that way. And if you've missed those episodes, go back and listen, and you'll get some interesting ideas, hopefully. I hope hope you can find something you can use. But this is a 12-step program in which we take a text and we build a sermon from the text using the keyword method. Step one is isolating the subject. You've got to know what you're talking about. You figure out what you're talking about, and then you talk about what you're talking about, then you tell them what you talked about. The subject. The subject of the, of the sermon will always be the subject of the text, so we must find out what the text says about the subject. What is the Holy Spirit talking about, and that is what we want to preach about. But both subjects are too big to preach in one sermon. Thus, you must narrow that down into a preaching theme. So after you figure out what the Holy Spirit is talking about in the text, then you figure out what he's saying about what he's talking about. So if he's talking about salvation, then what aspect of salvation is he talking about? If he's talking about praising the Lord, then what aspect of that is he talking about? If he's talking about repentance, what aspect? Pride, what aspect? You understand? So you cover the text. And you say, what is he talking about? And you find that subject. And then you look at it again and you say, what is he saying about what he's talking about? Because that text will tell you the subject and it will also tell you the theme. But after you have determined what is the subject and what is the theme, it is time to move on to step three, which is writing a proposition. So I want you now people call this all kinds of stuff. Uh, some people call it the thesis, the central idea, the big idea, the central truth among other names, but really what the proposition is, is they is, is the sermon in a sentence. It is the entirety of your sermon encapsulated into one succinct sentence, which tells your listener what you're going to be talking about in the sermon. And the, and the proposition is extremely important. So it is a simple sentence that declares to the hearers what should be known about the theme of the sermon. It embodies the single truth you hope to communicate, and it usually includes an imp- implied response. Now don't worry, we're going to talk about all of that. But everything in the sermon will revolve around or in some way relate to the proposition. And I don't think this can be too strongly stated. The proposition is so important that it governs what goes into your sermon and it governs what stays out of your sermon. If everything in your sermon does not flow out of the proposition or relate back to the proposition, then your sermon is not going to be targeted as it should be. Having a good proposition allows us to preach with a rifle and not a scatter gun. There are some preachers who get up, and in the course of their preaching, they hit everything, or I should say they aim at everything and sometimes hit nothing. But having a good proposition allows us to preach with a rifle. We can zero in on our target and pull the trigger and hit the target every single time. You need a good proposition to write a good sermon. A man by the name of Lord Perry says this that's Lloyd Perry. I can't talk today. But he said this, and I quote, It is this sentence which is the integrating center of the sermon, end quote. And he's right about that. The proposition is the heart of the sermon. And everything dealing with the sermon, everything in it, everything you say goes back to or comes out of the proposition. And if it does not relate to the proposition in some integral way, then you need to just leave it out of that sermon. Maybe save it for another time, but stick to the proposition. So again, a lot of people call this different things. You may read books where it's called the big idea, the central truth, whatever. We're going to call it the sermon in a sentence or the proposition. Now, a sermon without a clear proposition is like a ship without a rudder or an automobile without a steering wheel. And keeping a ship on course without a rudder would be very difficult, if not impossible driving an automobile with a steering wheel would be a sure recipe for catastrophe. And if you do that with a sermon and you don't have a good proposition, the result will be an unclear purpose, an unclear direction and an unclear argument. And perhaps the audience who are listening to that type of sermon might feel a sense of frustration for effective communication has been hindered by lack of precision and preachers. We're told the Bible tells us we are to um, we're to rightly divide the word of truth. And that phrase literally means a surgeon with a scalpel. We're going to cut it straight. And the only way to cut it straight and stay on target is to have a good proposition. And while the congregation may have a sense of frustration because they uh, cannot relate to what's being said, the preacher himself may also become frustrated because you may feel unable to present clearly that which you desire to present. So today I'm going to give you some characteristics of a good sermon proposition, and these should serve you well as you seek to write your own propositions. So let me give them to you. There's eight of them, and I'll go through them, and they'll be in the show notes, Lord willing. And then we'll come back next time, and we'll talk about the different types of propositions and I'll give you some examples of how these things are used in practice, okay? So the proposition, here are the eight characteristics of a good sermon proposition. Number one, it should be stated in one simple sentence, avoiding complex or compound sentences. Just a simple sentence, no commas, no semicolons, no colons, just a simple, straightforward sentence that's easy enough number two this is hard it should be eight words or less if possible eight words or less why eight words well you don't want to get too long in this you want to keep it simple and if you go longer than eight words there's a tendency to uh, kind of run on in your thinking but keep it concise keep it short keep it on target so number three it should consist of a personal reference that is you, we, each of us, etc., and also include a course of action, which is a suitable verb form, plus the theme of the sermon. So you got to pack a personal reference, a course of action, and the theme of the sermon into an eight-word simple sentence. It sounds easy, doesn't it? But it's actually one of the hardest parts of good sermon preparation. So this kind of method is a persuasive method, and the proposition reflects that. You see, preaching is more than just getting up and shouting at people for 45 minutes. Preaching is about explaining the text. It is about applying the text, and it is about calling the people to act upon what they've heard from the text. So you've got to have explanation. You've got to have application, and you've got to have persuasion if you're going to have a sermon. So that's what this does. It helps us to be persuasive and uh, it helps us to do that for the glory of God. So number four, it should be a persuasive statement when possible, rather than being factual. Now, can I give you an example of this? Sure. If I were to say to you, Jesus saves sinners. Now that's true, right? That's a true statement. It is a direct, straightforward sentence, but you'll notice it is factual. It is not persuasive. Now, if I said it this way, you should know Christ can save you. Okay, now we have a proposition. You should know Christ can save you. So if I, if I make that statement, that is persuasive. It includes my theme. If I'm talking about salvation and I'm talking about the source of salvation, that would be Jesus. And I'm saying that you should know something. And the obvious question there is, why should I know this? And that's going to come out in the propositional interrogative, which we'll get into a little bit later. We'll save that for right now. But every point in my sermon is going to be directed to answering that question. Why should I know this? Okay. And if my text gives me the material, which answers the question, why should I know this? Then I have a good sermon proposition. If I were to say the Lord loves sinners, that is a straightforward statement. It is factual, but it is not persuasive. How about this? You can know Christ loves sinners. Now we have a sentence which is persuasive. It includes the theme, and it has a suitable course of action. You can know. Well, if I say you can do something, then the obvious question is, how can I do this? How can I know? And the sermon will answer that question. So I hope you understand what I'm talking about. You're going to make a persuasive statement because we are persuading people to make change and to walk with the Lord based upon what they hear from the sermon. So number one, it should be stated in a simple sentence. Number two, it should be eight words or less. Number three, it should consist of a personal reference, a course of action, and the theme of the sermon, all in eight words or less. Then it should be a persuasive statement and not a mere factual statement. Number five, it should reflect or be stated as a timeless truth. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the Bible is full of timeless principles. There are a lot of things in the Bible which... um, Well, a lot of things in modern culture, which are not in the Bible per se, however, there are principles which deal with them. So as I take my sermon and I take my text and I build my sermon, I want to find those timeless truths and I want to put them into persuasive arguments or persuasive sentences, which call people to do something based on what the scripture says. So in other words, if I have a good proposition, my sermon will preach in 2022. But if it were possible for me to have a time machine and go forward to 2322, then my sermon would still preach in the future because truth does not change. If I had that time machine and went back to 1822, my sermon would still preach because it is a timeless truth. Okay. Number six, it should not include proper names, except for deity. If you're going to name names in the proposition, let it be the name of God. Let it be God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit or Christ, but never, ever use anyone else's name in the proposition. You can't say, uh, my proposition today is uh, Deacon Jones is a troublemaker. Well, that may be true, or maybe you could say it this way, more persuasively. You can know why Deacon Jones is a troublemaker. That's persuasive, but we don't need to get up and call Deacon Jones name out there because, you know, that's God's business to straighten him out, not ours, especially not from the pulpit and in the sermon. So if you're going to include proper names, let it be the name for God and not, um, not, not, the, not the gossip in your church or the problem, the person who's causing all the problems in your church. Don't name those kind of names. All right. That was number six, number seven. It should reflect the overall purpose of the sermon. Now, what is the purpose for your sermon? Well, there's all kinds of purposes, right? You might want to inspire people. You might want to move them toward deeper consecration. You might be trying to evangelize the lost. You might be trying to motivate your church to action. You may be trying to comfort someone. You might want to instruct them, and you may even want to bring warning to people. So that is what we're talking about. So your proposition is going to reflect the overall purpose of your sermon. Now, I said there were eight of these. I'm only going to give you seven because that's really the eighth one eludes me at the moment, and I'm sorry. Uh, This must not be important. But those are the seven characteristics of a good keyword sermon proposition. Okay? So let me run through them quickly again. One simple sentence, eight words or less consists of a personal reference, a course of action, plus the theme of the sermon, should be persuasive statement, not merely factual. It should reflect or be stated as a timeless truth. It should not include proper names except for deity, and it should reflect the overall purpose of the sermon. And so that is a whole lot to take in. That is a lot. So what I suggest you do is think about this. Think about the proposition as a very persuasive statement, and begin practicing writing possible propositions based on scripture ser- scripture text. So, if you're looking at a text, you're preparing to preach on a text, then try to uh, write a proposition for that text because that proposition will direct the course of your sermon. It will tell you what to leave in and what to leave out, and isn't that one of the biggest problems we have really as preachers? As we study a text, we find so much truth in the scripture that we have this desire to want to put every bit of it into our sermon. But you know as well as I do, time does not allow for that, nor should everything we've dug out of a passage be included in every sermon. That's where the proposition comes in. It helps you focus. It helps you zero in on that one subject, that one theme, and it helps you stay on target. You know, us preachers have a bad bad habit of running rabbits, don't we? Anything that pops up, we'll chase it down. And that gets us off target. It causes us to wander away from the subject at hand. But a good proposition will keep the junk out of your sermon. And it will keep you from wandering off in tangents if you pay attention While you preach, you may be one of those guys who just gets up there and and then just goes hog wild and preaches everything everywhere. But there is a method to this, and a wise preacher will take his congregation into consideration. He will stay on target, and he will preach the truths which are found in the text. Now, one thing I'll say about the proposition, why it's so important to me, is because it does help me to stay, as I said, on target, It also helps me to streamline my sermon because there's a lot of stuff, which is good stuff in the text. I mean, it's all good, and there's a lot that could be said about many things in every sermon. But when I preach, I need to stay on topic, to preach my subject, to preach my theme. That doesn't mean I won't preserve this material, and every preacher should have some way of preserving. I'll come back to that in a second if I can remember but you should have some way of preserving this material for, a future, for future use in an upcoming sermon because you may come back to the same text and choose a different preaching theme based on that text, and then that information will be pertinent, and you can put it in and use it and have an entirely different sermon out of the same passage of Scripture. I've done this many times, and I'm sure you have too. I keep coming back to some of the golden standard texts and preaching them over and over and over, but from different ways and taking different paths each time. So find a way to preserve your material. Now, I said, I'd mentioned something about this. And there are a couple of options out there for me. I use a program, an app called, um, Evernote and Evernote allows me to store everything that I encounter within its system now it does charge for the plan I'm on I think it's like eight dollars a month but that allows me to access everything I've ever saved in Evernote and I can access it from all of my devices my phone iPad computer and I can do it wherever I am and I can go in there and set up certain categories I can save sermon illustrations I can save sermon ideas I can save word studies I can save everything in there and in fact, it's an amazing, it's an amazing program. So I'd recommend that if you don't mind paying a little bit. One free option if you're a Mac user is the notes app on your computer. Very handy. And you can save a lot of stuff in notes as well. And if you're a, a Windows user, a PC user, then you could uh, use OneNote, Microsoft OneNote. I think it's free and it does the same basic thing. And it's something you can use effectively effectively to store all your material. You see, that thing you, you encountered this week, that truth you encountered this week in the text, which does not fit in your current sermon, you want to save that because you're going to come back sometime later, hit that text again, and you may have a different theme and that piece of information may fit right in. So have a way of saving things, of retrieving those things when you need them so that you can use them when the time is right and I may do an episode coming up in the future about using Evernote, about preaching with the iPad, things like that, about storing our thoughts and accessing our thoughts for a future time. But today we're talking about the proposition. And I'm not sure that I have fleshed this out as much as I need to, but I want to do I do want to give you this. I call the proposition of the sermon the 3 a.m. test. The 3 a.m. test So imagine for a minute you're soundly asleep on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, and your wife wakes you up. She punches you and she says, hey, buddy, what are you preaching about today? You should be able to tell her in one simple, concise sentence exactly what you're preaching. It's important to know. To get up in the pulpit with no direction, to get up in the pulpit with no clear strategy, get up there and not know where you're going is a disservice to the bible it is a disservice to the people of god and it is a disservice to the preacher study to show thyself approved get in the word of god learn the word of god and write a good proposition it'll help keep your sermon on track and again a lot of this stuff will be in the show notes those uh, seven for certain for certain those um those seven characteristics I gave you, I said eight, but I'm half crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not making that up. I am half crazy. My mind doesn't work like it did years ago. I'm 60 years old and I've noticed that my mind is slowing down and I have to think about things a little harder and I have to try harder to remember some important things. So when it comes to the key word, method and the proposition there are seven characteristics not eight so there we go we'll just leave it right there and say that's it so get that get get that proposition written practice doing that and then uh, hey if you want me to check them out email me some at alancarr at and i'll tell you whether it's a good proposition or not based on my infinite wisdom and knowledge i'm just kidding i'd be glad to give you some input and help you learn how to write effective propositions. So keep these steps in mind. Keep all this information in mind. Next time, we'll come back and talk about the proposition a little bit farther and then move along in our study. And I'll try to give you some examples, which also will appear on the show notes later. So thank you for listening today. Thank you for just being part of this, and I appreciate your, your kindness toward me. Thank you for being a part of our journey here. And I'd love to hear from you again. The email is alancar at gmail.com. And I want you to take a minute to go to your favorite podcast directory and subscribe and leave us a positive review. And I appreciate you stopping by each week. I'm amazed at what God has done already through the podcast, and I trust that He shall continue for his glory pray for us and god bless you and i'll talk to you again next week lord willing thank you once again for joining us today on the preaching matters podcast we'll try to have a new episode out next week so i encourage you if you enjoyed the episode or you think someone else would enjoy it first i want you to subscribe and I'd like for you to leave a positive review on the platform of your choice, or on several if you choose. And I'd like for you to tell somebody else about it. This is a podcast for preachers. If you are a preacher or know some preacher who might benefit, share the news. God bless you. Thanks for being here. I pray that preaching goes well for you. God blesses you in your work for His glory. Pray for us, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.